The following story has been brought to you by storiestoinspire.org. There were two friends living in Eretz Israel, Rabbi Abba Grossbart and Rav Kahaneman, the Panevichirov. Two great tzaddikim, two great rabbis. And they shared one terrible thing in common. Both of them lost their wife and all their children in the Holocaust. You see, Rabbi Abba and Rav Kahaneman, both of their wives, the Rabbaniot, they were in Israel at the time, their wives and their children were traveling together to the train, and on their way to, to the train that was going to save their lives, they realized halfway to the train station that they had forgotten the tickets, the train tickets at home. They were forced to turn around and go back home to get the tickets. By the time they went back, got the tickets, arrived at the train station, they missed the train, and Barmenan, they were forced onto a different train, a train that took them to the gas chambers to their deaths. Leaving the train tickets at home was the death sentence to both of their families. Rabbi Abba, when he found out, he was, treme- he was torn apart. And he made a comment. And his comment is so interesting. It's so painful. He said, If only my wife had not lost her menuchat nefesh had not lost her sense of calm, her sense of serenity, of zen, in this terrible, terrible time, she would not have forgotten the tickets and my family would still be alive. This idea, he was mourning with this idea, the loss of his wife and children. But he was saying, is the reason why she could forget the only thing that she really needed. Anything else is expendable. The only thing she needed was those tickets. And she forgot them at home. It was because so much was on the line, so much was happening. She got lost. She lost her calm, her equilibrium, her serenity. I mean, she can't be blamed for that. That's not what he was saying. But he was saying is, if she had maintained that, that his family would still be alive. This broke Rav Abba's heart. He died only a couple of years after a broken-hearted man. But what's so interesting to me is that Rav Kahaneman carried on to rebuild the most prestigious yeshiva in Eretz Yisrael, the yeshiva of Panovich. He carried on and nursed back to health orphans that came from the Shoah that lived there. He considered all of them his children, all the boys, all the girls. He married them off. He worried for them to get them pillows and blankets and, and towels, anything that they needed. He literally brought them back to life. He married again and built a new family. How could two people who go through the same story have such remarkably different outcomes? My friends, I think part of it is the comment that Rabbi Abba made himself. A person could live looking at everything that they've lost. And if a person lives with the pain and the suffering and the mourning of what they lost, they cannot move on. In Lot's story, we read about the fact that God says, I'm going to save you from the city. Just don't look back. Lot's wife looks back. Now, there's an interesting concept. The concept says, you know, You know, does it say in the Torah, did the angels tell her, you're going to turn into a pillar of salt? Did the angels tell her that? They said, don't look back. But they didn't describe what the punishment was going to be. And is it such a sin for her to look over her shoulder that it should carry the death penalty? Why was 
why place such a strong premium on a twist of the neck? And the answer, my friends, is that when devastation is in your rearview mirror, looking back will kill you. If Shedom and Amorah is Gafrit Vamelach, it's sulfur and salt, then looking back at that destruction brings the sulfur and salt to you. If you have an infestation in your house of moths, and you decide, you know what, I'm sick of this. I can't get rid of them, I'm going to move to a new house. But you pack your clothing, what happens to the moths? They go with you to your next house, and to the next apartment, and to the next apartment. You can't run away from baggage that you're still carrying. So if you look over your shoulder, God says to the Lord's wife, you're going to be living in the salt. It's interesting that language. It doesn't say that she was punished and, and Hashem got angry and he turned her. It says, and she became vatehi. It's the natural outcropping of a person living with that tsar, with that pain. Rav Kahneman, on the other hand, however pained, however sad, and however devastated he was, and he was, he thought to himself, if family is something that I love so much, let me rebuild family. If the communities and the Jewish nation that, that was, you know, disappeared in the smoke is so important to me, let me rebuild some of those communities. And that's what he did. But the minuchat hanefesh is what allows a person in a maelstrom, in a tornado, to just breathe and think. You know, you never think logically when you're emotional, when you're angry, when you're upset. Korach comes home, his wife gets him upset. He's so smart. But Korach's wisdom doesn't save him because he's so drawn into the narrative and the drama. My friends, with a sense of minuchat nefesh, it does not mean that bad things don't happen. It doesn't mean that you don't feel the pain of difficult circumstances. It means that with those difficult circumstances, I can still be present enough to figure out how to take the next step. And yes, there's a lot of screaming and shouting. And yes, I have to figure out what to pack in the luggage. And yes, I need to figure out if this one has their sandwich. But I'm not going to forget the tickets. Because that's the most important thing here. My friends, what's the most important thing in your life? What most important things are you losing? Are you forgetting? Because you're not maintaining minuchat hanefesh. Enjoyed this story? Come again. Bring a friend. Stories to inspire dot org.